Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there. How are you? And welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Super excited about today's conversation. Today's conversation is educating your team on reporting. So one of the questions that I get a lot is, you know, my team doesn't do this or my team doesn't do this or I can't understand what's going on or I need more visibility into what my team is actually doing. And this conversation I had with our directors and owners inside of the Schools of Excellence membership, this is an excerpt of one of our strategic advisors where I explain to our members how to educate your team on how to report to you. So in the same way that boundaries are about yourself, right? They're about you protecting yourself and you taking care of yourself and educating people on, you know, these are my boundaries. Like this is, this is the way we get to engage with me. When we have people on our leadership team or when you are scaling the company to have multiple people and layers inside of leadership, we need to educate the people in leadership how we want to be reported to. Because you as the leader, you as the CEO, as the director, as the owner, whatever role in the company you have, you have a specific way of how you want information to be given to you. Because data, right, reporting is there to help you make informed decisions about the next step and the next phase of leadership, the next evolution of the company's vision. And so depending on what your vision is and depending on what it is you want to focus on, your team needs to give you the right information for you to make decisions about what is next. Part of leadership is making decisions. So you need data to make the right decisions. But we also have to educate our team. What do I need to see versus what do I not need to see? You have to let your team know this is not important for my visible eyesight. This detail, this percentage, this number I need to see every single week versus this I need to see 
once a month. This I need to see once a quarter, whatever it is. Also educating your team how to prepare you for your conversations with your bookkeeper, with your tax accountants, with your coach, with your advisor, with your mastermind group, whatever it is, your team needs to know how to report to you the information that you need to be the leader that you need to be. So that is what today's conversation is about, how to educate your team and how to report to you so you can build and sustain your school of excellence. Let's dive in. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. So this is this is a pre-record because at the time of this uh, release of this recording, it is currently the holiday of Passover. So I out of the business for a little bit celebrating the holiday. My brother's here with his family. It's my birthday during the holiday of Passover. So it's always a special time for me. So Today, I want to talk about something that has come up in some of the one-on-one conversations I've been having with our Leadership Day clients, an interesting conversation that came up actually in one of the project scoping projects that Michalina was doing, the types of reporting. And I'm also realizing as people are going through a lot of transitions of leadership and educating and up-leveling some of their leaders, um, they are getting bogged down with the invisible labor, the invisible labor of all of the information that exists in their head that doesn't really need to exist in their head. So I'll explain to you what I mean. I've done a strategic advisory and my team, um, if I could ask you guys to link um, the first strategic advisory that I did on invisible labor, gosh, it's definitely been at least a year since then. Invisible labor is all of the tasks that need to be done that nobody sees. So when somebody, let's say, is responsible for laundry, there's all of the invisible labor um, in the tasks of laundry, right? There's collecting the laundry from all the bedrooms. There's sorting all of the laundry. There's loading the dishwasher. There's remembering when the load is done. There's taking it out. There's hanging up the stuff that don't dry. There's putting the stuff in the dryer. There's emptying out the dryer. There's folding all of the clothes. There's putting them back into all of the appropriate places. All of that is the invisible labor of I did the laundry. No, you didn't do the laundry. You did 14 tasks that are associated with doing the laundry, but you didn't do the laundry. The issue with these invisible labor things is when you write out a to-do list or when you put together your project plan and you write something like do the laundry, it looks like it's a five minute task. Doing the laundry takes five fucking hours. Okay. Excuse my French. That's what it takes. If you have two or three kids or more Doing the laundry is five hours of tasking, planning, and invisible labor and mental capacity. That is how long it takes to do laundry for five or six humans, linen, towels, all the shit, okay? So laundry is actually a full day job. Five hours is basically almost a full day of work, okay? And then we write it down like, oh, and I also did the laundry today. No, 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 no. You also did another work day today on top of all the other things that you did today, right? This is why I don't do laundry. This is why I don't do laundry. I delegate it. But the reason I'm giving that example is because when we report things, we need to understand the length and breadth of the information that is being fed to us, right? So let's use this in the context of our admin teams, okay? When when we ask people to report to us something, when we get told, um, hey, here is all the issues that came up with the teachers, or here's all of these things, or here's all of that things. What a lot of the admin people don't realize is that by giving all of that over to you, your brain works at a different capacity level. So you start processing 
the 30 subtasks that come out out of each of the pieces of information that they dumped into your plate. So this is why, like, when I go on my solo vacations, one of the rules that it's, it takes time, right? I've been on, on a couple of, of them at this point. And so one of the things I tell me, I'm like, no reporting on the kids. So I don't want to hear how any of the kids are doing in those three days. Here's why. When you give me an update, what it does is it pulls my brain away from I am not responsible as a parent for the next three days to, oh, one second, Goldie had a hard day with her teacher. Now I'm creating seven subtasks and four you know, sub projects on how to take care of that, right? That is the way that I function as the CEO of the family, as the CEO of this company. So no reporting. Here's the only report that I am allowed to get when I'm on a solo vacation. If you need to go to the hospital with one of our kids, I need to be called. That is the only time I get a report on how any of the kids were doing. I don't want to hear that any of them had a hard day. I don't want to hear that they had a good day. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything. I'm off of parenting. I'm offline for three days because the invisible labor of that report feeds into the time that I'm trying to take to recover from parenting, right? Parenting is exhausting. It's beautiful. I love it. I love being a parent. Most rewarding, amazing, amazing thing I've ever chosen to do in my life. And it's exhausting. So there's actually a really funny TikTok video. I have to find it. Someone forwarded it to me and then I forwarded it to a whole bunch of my friends who are moms. Um, there's this cute woman and she takes off her sunglasses and she's like, the two most amazing things in the world that I love, spending time with my kids and not spending time with my kids. It's very complicated. So I loved it and I couldn't stop laughing. And for those of you that are moms will we'll resonate with that. Like those are the two most amazing things in my life. Like spending time with my kids is the most amazing thing in the world and not being with my kids, being alone is also the most amazing thing in the world. This is all context just to explain like knowing so educating the people in your life, how to report to you and what to report to you is critical for you to operate at optimal capacity. Okay. So that's an example, like the solar treat where like I told me, I'm like no reporting on how the kids are doing because it feeds into the invisible labor for me. And I need a break from everything. So I can't get any reports. Okay. I don't want reports. It doesn't calm me down. It doesn't calm me down to get a report that all the kids are okay. It doesn't calm me down. It does a lot of other things, which I don't need to go into here. I need a break from everything. I need I need like a pause on like, no, I actually, I don't get any reports about kids because I'm not a parent for the next three days. Unless there's a hospital visit. Unless there's this, then I step back in. When you are an owner, you need to educate your team how to report to you and what to report to you. Because if you let them vomit every single piece of information, onto you. They don't understand. They're not doing this because they, because they, they hate you or because, or because they want to drive you crazy. They do it because you haven't educated them. If you get all the information and then your brain goes into CEO functioning mode, the invisible labor associated with that report is very strenuous on the mind, very strenuous. And it actually stops your ability to function as the CEO. So if you guys remember a couple of months ago when I first started doing Priorities Reset, I spoke about this concept called time debt, right? Financial debt and time debt. And I explained that financial debt is very easy for people to understand. Either they have the money or they don't have the money in the bank. And when you don't have the money in the bank and you're borrowing, which means you're using a credit card, you pay financial debt with interest. So now instead of paying $10 for this, you're paying, I don't know, 1025 or 1050 or 11 or 15 dollars i don't know i we we don't do we don't do that anymore thank god we we 
has stopped our financial debt. The only interest that we pay now is the mortgage. So that's how you pay with financial debt, right? You pay with financial debt is paid with interest. Time debt is paid with sleep, focus, concentration, brain fog, forgetfulness, rage, anger. These are all symptoms of time debt, of time debt. You do not have the time that you need to do the things that you need to do. And it's not about becoming more efficient in your schedule. That is phase one in foundations. Like if you're not being efficient, if you're not time blocking, if you're not theme daying, like this strategic advisory isn't for you. Like this is the strategic advisory for people that are time blocking, that are doing theme days, that are, that do have boundaries, that are doing those things and still struggling with focus and time and concentration and all of these things. And that has to do one component with the level of reporting that is coming at you. So I'm going to give you another example separate from schools. A level of reporting that people do not realize is news reporting, social media reporting. Okay, that is reporting. You are logging into social media and you are telling the feed, report to me how everyone is doing. Give me an update on this person and this celebrity and this friend and this person and this person. Right? Give me an update on how all of these people are doing. What is the purpose of that report? What is the purpose of the report of scrolling on social media? It's a report. You're getting a report on how people are doing, right? Nothing. It, it, does, it does nothing good for you, right? What is the purpose of turning on the radio? You're getting a report now on the update of the world. What is the purpose of turning on the television? You're getting a report on the update of the city that you're in or whatever it is, right? When you decide the types of reporting that you are going to engage in into your life, you need to make a decision about how does this reporting impact the quality of my life? Because if you are looking at up-leveling your life, at building a center, at building legacy, you're looking at growth, right? You're not looking at just being stagnant. You wouldn't be in schools of excellence if you're looking to just get by in life, right? You have big goals, you have ambitions. Well, if you have big goals and ambitions, we need to be discerning about how you're getting reported to. This is why I don't listen to the news. This is why I don't watch television. This is why I don't do those things because, because I don't want those reports, I don't need a report about the weather. My son is hilarious. He said a thing on the Alexa where every morning at seven o'clock it reminds us what the weather is. I'm like, or I can just open my door and go outside and see the weather (laughs) and see, oh, it's cold today. Oh, it's hot today, right? I don't need to open my phone to see the weather. I just open the door and the window and, and I see what the weather is, right? The only time I actually check is if it's pouring outside and I have plans that day, I'm gonna go check... Is it supposed to stop raining at some point today? That's a report that I need. I need a report on the weather at 2 p.m. because I have plans. If I'm staying home all day today, I don't need to check the weather. I don't even open my phone. I don't need the report. It doesn't matter to me if it's going to rain today at 2 or if it's not going to rain at 2. We're staying home all day. So irrelevant if it's going to be raining all day. Now, I know that for some of you, it's like, whatever. It's not a big deal for me to check the report. Here's the thing that I need you to understand. I'm not telling you what to do. I never tell people what to do. I'm not telling you, don't check the news. Yes, check the news. Check the weather. Don't check the weather. I'm not telling you what to do. I am showing you examples that this, for many of you, this is the type of reporting that you've created in your life. And it's 
it's valuable to pause and say, do I need all these levels of reporting? Do I need to know the weather at 2 p.m. every single day? Do I need to know every single accident that's happening on the throughway if I'm not driving to the throughway today? Do I need to know how many people died here? Do I need to know how many COVID cases are in this place? Like, do I need to know this information? Because the more information that comes on you, your brain is processing consistently in overdrive. The less capacity you have to actually process the information that you need that actually moves the needle in your life and things that you actually care about. So the first step of this strategic advisory is educate yourself on the types of reporting that you need in your life. What reporting do you actually need? Right? That's the first thing. Then we go to educating our team. Here is what I need to know about parents in this company in order to make decisions that me as the CEO does. Okay? So this is the second hiccup. I could do a separate strategic advisor on each of these. When someone reports to you, when the director reports to you, I'll give you an example that happened to me when I was an executive director. So I had a teacher, her name was Lynn, and she came to me and she's like, hey, honey, um, we have an issue with our staff. And so what's the issue? We need to do a behavioral management training. We have a couple of classrooms that are really struggling with behavioral management with the kids. My job as the executive director, right? I was in charge of three locations. My job is to source training and vendors um, that up-level the quality of care inside of the center, right? That was my job. So if there ever needed to be a staff training or development, my job was either to deliver the training or source the correct person to do the training, okay? So part of those metrics is asking clarifying questions on, is this really the training that we need? So when Lynn came to me and said, I think we need a behavioral management training, right? Because she was the director at that specific location. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Let's audit the seven classrooms in your building, okay? Let's go through classroom by classroom. Is this a behavioral management issue? Is this a confidence issue? Is this an emotional regulation issue? Is this a boundaries issue? What kind of issue is this really? So we went through each of the classrooms and we actually came up with that what we really needed was an emotional regulation training because our staff were being massively triggered by the kids who do regular kid behavior. Kids dump, two-year-olds bite, two-year-olds hit, two-year-olds grab, three-year-olds say stupid poopy words. Four-year-olds sometimes tease each other. You know, 18-month-olds who are learning how to use the toilet will pee on the floor. Um, Sometimes kids will come from the table to the sink and get, you know, pinked on the wall. Like, all of these things are part of being a child. Children are not civilized human beings. They're kids. They touch things. They make a mess. They sneeze and wipe their noses like that. They eat and wipe their hands like that. They touch glue and put their hands on their pants. That's what they do. They're kids. And then they are taught, oh, when you sneeze, you need to get tissue, right? When your hands have sauce on them, we don't wipe them on our shirt like this, right? We go get a napkin, right? And they need to be taught that more than one time. They need to be taught that lots of times, right? But that is normal kid behavior. What's happening is, is normal kid behavior is triggering teachers 
and they think that there's behavioral issues. Those are not behavioral issues. It is not a behavioral issue when a child wipes his hand across his nose with his shirt. That's not a behavioral issue. That's called being three. Okay. It is not a behavioral issue when a child pees on the floor. It's called, you know, lack of like seeing and processing and they're trying to figure out how to aim and get their stuff inside of the toilet. Like that, that's not a behavioral issue. The issue is, is you as the teacher get so upset when these things don't go your way that you turn it into a behavioral issue. So what we need is an emotional regulation training. Okay, great. I will source the emotional regulation training. So the job of the director was to report to me the status of what is going inside in each of the classrooms. My job as the executive director was to ask the right questions to understand, is that the problem we actually need to solve? So when people are coming to you and reporting different things to you, you need to ask yourself, are they reporting things to me that are aligned with what my job is? What am I responsible for doing? Or are they reporting on things to me that they're responsible to do but they're reporting them to me so that I can take care of them. Like, we need to send an email to the parents on X, Y, and Z. Okay, why are you telling me that? Your job is to send the emails. So why are you telling me that you need to send an email? Do you need my help in crafting an email because you're struggling with that? Then ask me for help. Say, I need help crafting an email that I need to send to do, 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 right? Not coming to me on, we need to write an email. No, we don't need to write an email. You need to write an email and you would like some of my assistance. Happy to give you assistance. So this is where reporting comes in, right? Like educating our team on reporting. So here are the questions that I have for you. Would love to hear your insights inside of the comments. Would love to hear um, some of the answers to this question. And then after the holiday, I'm obviously going to come inside of here and see everything you guys have to say about it. So question number one, what is my job as the CEO? So whatever job you have, whether the CEO, the executive director, the regional manager, COO, whatever, director, assistant director, what are you responsible for? What are you responsible for in moving the company forward? Question number one. Question number two, what do you need to know about the parents in your school to make decisions in your role? What do you need to know about the teachers to make decisions in your role? What do you need to know about the kids to make decisions in your role? What do you need to know about the financials to make decisions in your role? And then you go and educate all of those people on how to report to you. Here is what I need to know to make decisions about parents. You tell that to the director. This is what you need to put in the report to me. You tell that to the accountant, to the bookkeeper, to the whoever. This is what I need to know in order to make informed decisions about the financial health of this company. We educate people on how they need to report to us because you cannot get an abundant of information reported to you and think that you should be able to operate at optimal speed as the CEO of the company. You cannot be in the weeds. And being in the weeds is not just running the day-to-day -day operations. Part of being in the weeds is looking at the report that is full of weeds. You don't need a report of weeds. You need a high-level report. That is what you need as the leader of the company. So let me know in the comments, insights, perspective shifts, mindset shifts, follow-up questions. Let me know. Here to support you guys. I love this topic. I think it's going to be a big uh, further topic of conversation. And I'll see you guys all after the holiday. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode on educating your team on how to report to you. And I hope that not only that you enjoyed it, but that you really were able to see a different perspective 
on empowering yourself and how to empower your team. So many times we look at data, accountability, reporting, metrics is very overwhelming. Um, we feel overwhelmed by the numbers. We feel overwhelmed by the amount of spreadsheets that we have to look at. But educating your team on how to report to you is very customized for you. It's very customized to how you need to see the information that you want to be privy to. And inside of our Owners HQ program and our Directors Inner Circle, we have a lot of conversation with both myself, our mentors, um, the content that we have inside of our program, the community. We talk a lot about understanding how to create your frameworks for how you want to be reported to. So it's not about reinventing the wheel. We have processes and blueprints that you can pull from um, inside of our training portal and on, on our coaching calls. We have different templates in our grab and go resource section. Um, all these different things that we have. We have, you know, the six performance keys and the bridge audit and the culture tension decoder and the delegation dip. We have all these different proprietary assessments that ensure that you could be reported on the information that you need to be reported on. And so you take this data and you learn how to customize it and make it sense for you, for your type of school, whether you are a faith-based school or Reggio-inspired school or Montessori school or Waldorf school or a play-based school, or you're in the middle of the Midwest, the middle of nowhere, you're in a big metropolitan area, you are international. It doesn't matter. You have to understand how to take the foundational pieces of reporting and assessments and, you know, proper diagnostic tools and take them and make it make sense for you. So if you are in that season right now inside of your business that you need to be understanding how to look at that this information, then this is the perfect time for us to get on a call, have a conversation. If this is a right fit for you to join our directors in our circle on our OSHQ program, the link is in the show notes. I look forward to having a conversation with you or even a tiny, teeny, eeny, tiny bit curious about this. And you are saying, yes, full body. Yes. This is the time for me to invest in myself. This is the time for me to get educated on this. I look forward to having a conversation with you. All right. Take care. And thanks for joining. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.